Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome everyone to a new episode. I hope you are having a great week whenever you are listening. And thanks again for taking out a little bit of your day to listen. So I have a little bit of mixed feelings about today's episode. It's one of those things where a lot of people really like curriculum episodes and other people don't find them all that necessary because of course everyone uses different things. But I had a few people ask me about what curriculum I was using, especially because we are focusing on middle school and high school this year. And as I mentioned in my last episode, sometimes it's kind of challenging to find things for middle school or at least find things that are a little bit different, a little bit off the beaten path that aren't just textbooks. So I am going to share what we are using for sixth grade this year for my daughter. And we'll just, some things you may be interested in, some things you may not, but I just wanted to share so that you get a taste of what we are using and it may be totally irrelevant to you or it may be something that you want to look into. So let's just start off with, for anyone that doesn't know or has not listened to the podcast, we are pretty eclectic, relaxed homeschoolers. So we use a little mix of anything and everything, whatever works for my different kids. They've all been super different learners. And we are definitely pretty relaxed in the formal curriculum uh, department because we really want to capitalize on child-led learning and interest-based learning and really capitalizing on the interests of each of my kids. So I really try to hit the basics, but also allow lots of time for them to explore whatever they're interested in. So first, let's start with language arts. So as I have mentioned before, I did find out that my 11-year-old was dyslexic and she was really struggling with reading and writing. And last fall, we started Barton tutoring, which was a huge benefit for my daughter. It was just really a game changer for us. So we are continuing with that this year. So we do Barton tutoring two times a week, and that's an outside tutor. I know some parents get trained to do it themselves. I'll just be honest, I did not have it in me to do that. So I have an outside tutor that we use twice a week for one hour um, each of those times. So the next thing we are doing is Brave Writer Arrows. Now, I'm a huge proponent of Brave Writer. I love Julie Bogart. I've mentioned her before. And somehow, and honestly, I don't even really know how, we have not used Arrows before. We have done her poetry tea times. We've used the Writer's Jungle. We've done the Friday Free Writes. We've done a lot of other things, but we have not done the arrows. And this year we started with The Nerviest Girl, which was, the, I think, believe the second book, but that was when we started. It has been great. I am totally loving it. My daughter is loving it. I'm loving the, the read aloud time. I'm loving us discussion, discussing the book. I'm loving the activities in the arrow with talking about like things like synonyms and alliteration and just all of those things in context is 
huge. Like it's just such a game changer as far as my daughter understanding what those things mean when she can see them in the text and what they're trying to do. Those those examples and just teaching in context has just been a really, really great thing for us. So I'm loving the Brave Rider Arrows so much. I highly recommend them for someone that's looking for a relaxed way to do language arts, to learn about all those grammar functions, but not like doing worksheets and things like that. So that is what we're using for um, literature and grammar and things like that. We're still doing poetry tea times every once in a while. My daughter loves them. Even my older daughter loves them and will participate sometimes. And we don't always do poetry. Sometimes we just do seasonal books. Like for sure around Halloween and the winter solstice and Christmas, we definitely do seasonal books that aren't necessarily poetry, but they might just be picture books. We love poetry tea time and we do not do them big and fancy, by the way. We are always pretty casual about it and we really enjoy those. The other thing we're doing for language arts is Night Zookeeper. Now, this is an online program. It's kind of just a supplement, but for my daughter, who, like I said, is kind of a struggling reader and writer, she is really enjoying this. So she just does it about twice a week on average, and it has writing prompts. It has a little bit of art in there as well. And the great thing about it is that she does the writing prompts prompt. So she will write out her little um, whatever she, a paragraph or a couple paragraphs. And then when she submits it, then she will get corrections back for grammar or like she missed a capital letter. And it talks um, also it gives suggestions for expanding on the writing. So it will say, um, I liked whatever it was. I liked that you talked about your dog. Maybe you could expand on it talking about what kind of dog it is and what your dog looks like, something like that. But it's really been fun for my daughter. And here's the great thing too. So it does give you opportunities, like it will have an area where you can just write on your own. And she has been writing a story, which she has not let me read yet, but she's writing a story. And I forget what she said. I think she's up to like 700 words, which is huge. Now, I haven't checked it, obviously, for grammar or anything like that. I have no idea what it says, but she's super proud of it and she's motivated to do it. So that has been a huge win for us. So again, so for language arts, we have Barton Tutoring, we have the Brave Rider Arrows, and we are doing Night Zookeeper. So I know that sounds like it's a lot. It's three things, but really they all are, I, I mean, other than Barton, which is obviously a formal thing. The others are pretty low key, like they're easy to do, they're not high stress, and they just kind of work seamlessly together. So that is what we're doing for language arts. And then obviously my daughter all, always is doing free, free reading as well. She, we always do reading before bed and then just other things she's interested in. So let's move on to math. For math, we are doing two things. We are doing teaching textbooks, now, I know people have a love-hate relationship with teaching textbooks, and I don't really want to address that, except the fact that I've used it for three of my four kids, and it works really well for us. So we love teaching textbooks. If you're not familiar with it, it is an online program, though they do have a CD program, too, that you could use with a um, if you don't have good internet access or whatever. And it does have a book if you wanted to use the book. We just use the online program right now. 
and it has a little uh, lecture or it explains the lesson and then it will give you 22 problems to work out. The great thing I love about it is that if you get a problem wrong, it will hit view solution or it has a button for view solution and you can hit that and it will explain the problem. So it will explain what you did, well, explains how to do it, but so you can see what you did wrong. That has been huge for us, especially when you're, when in the couple years past where I had three learners and was focusing on a lot of different things, that was a really big help to be able to have my kids do that and not have to sit right down there with them and go over every problem that they may have gotten wrong. So we love teaching textbooks. She's so, but I also agree with those that don't necessarily think that teaching textbooks has a lot of conceptual math or a lot of deeper thinking math. And I, I kind of agree with that, but I still love it. I've used it, like I said, for three kids. But the thing we matched this last spring with it was Beast Academy. Now, Beast Academy is definitely a more conceptual thinking math. They say that it's for gifted kids. Eh, I don't like those kind of labels, whatever. I do think it is for mathy kids, if that makes sense. It's definitely a math you have to think a little bit harder about. They have a lot of games and puzzles and, and things like that that you have to really think about. Now, I added this in because I wanted my daughter to kind of see if she could handle it and if she liked it and if she kind of understood some of those kinds of puzzles and things like that. And she is loving it. So I'm really thrilled I added it in. The one thing I will say is, so Beast Academy starts at like level two, but that does not necessarily coordinate with second grade. You can take the placement test, which we did, but we started out a few levels below where she tested on the placement test. And the reason I did that was because since Beach, since Beast Academy teaches so differently, I really wanted her to be able to understand how they taught and how they approached math. So we started at like level two C or something like that so that she could kind of review concepts, which is always good to do, especially when you have a kid that is a little bit weaker in math. So we started at a lower level so that she could review those concepts, but also get used to how they present math and how they do it. And that has been a definite yes for us. Like, I'm glad we did that. She has not gotten bored. She definitely has benefited from that. So I would kind of recommend that if you were going to do Beast Academy and you weren't sure what level to start with, but you had an older child, don't shy away from starting at the lower levels, like two or three. Because like I said, they don't necessarily coordinate to grades, but also because it's good for the review. And if your child doesn't need the review, then they'll whip through it and you can kind of bump ahead. It's okay. So that's what we're doing for math is teaching textbooks and Beast Academy. So next, let's talk about social studies. So honestly, we've always approached history based on interests. We have really never used a full history curriculum. That's kind of my little secret. We just haven't. And it's, I guess, partly because we never found anything that was that engaging that my kids were interested in for the lower levels, I should say. We have found some things we liked better for older kids. But for like sixth grade and lower, we just didn't. And so we always just really would focus on like biographies or certain um, times of the year, like the 4th of July. You know, we might talk about what that meant, you know, things like that. 
But this year we are using a workbook, which normally we would never do, but we are using a charter school. And so because of that, we have to use something for each subject. So for social studies, we are using 180 days of social studies for grade six. Now, I know some people will just cringe like, Ugh, why would you do something like that? And, <laughs> and I agree. I agree with you. Normally, I would never use a workbook for something like this. It's very surface level information. Um, it obviously covers a really broad range of world history um, and, and maps and things like that. But it's, like I said, super surface level. But I have found that, I mean, we've only been using it for like three weeks now. I have found that it is kind of nice to touch on some of that surface level information that we haven't really touched on very much up till now. So it is exposing my daughter to some of those things that we haven't really touched on in just a kind of a brief way. And she kind of says, oh, I didn't know that. And then we kind of move on to the next thing. Now, obviously, we plan on diving deeper into any subject that my daughter is interested in. But honestly, with all the other stuff that we are doing, I'm not sure if much more will get done. But at least this is kind of covering the basics. Now, I'm not saying that history isn't important because I do think history is important. But I'm one of those people that don't really think history is all that critical until the hit the upper grades. That's just my my thinking. I just think lower grades, you can kind of introduce kind of basic kinds of things. And but for kids to really understand history better, it's better to, to for, in my opinion, to wait until they're a little bit older. So that's kind of my take on history. So I kind of saved the best for last, and that is science. We are all about science. My daughter loves science. She has for years and years. So we're pretty excited with this year's plan. So first, we always try to get out in nature and we're always taking nature walks, getting out and observing. Um, we just, we, we try to make a very big effort to get out a couple times a week at least. And we have a few consistent places, thankfully, close by that we can go, like the beach. We have a nature preserve right next, do- next door to us. We have a little neighborhood park at the end of our street. So we do have some good sources for, for getting out in nature. And one of the things my daughter is doing on Fridays is she's taking a class called Native Skills. And this is an all-day class. It's 9 to 2. She's actually taken it before, but she's taking it again for kind of the advanced level. And it's a mix of local natural history and native survival skills and observing the cycle of nature in different locations each week. So the great thing is, is they will go to um, different places each week, but they'll go to a set um, locations in the fall, like each week they'll go to a different location. And then in the spring, they'll repeat and they'll go to those same locations in the spring to see how they have changed. What is in bloom in the spring versus what was in bloom in the fall? Is there water running in the creeks in the spring, but there wasn't in the fall? Those kinds of things. And it's just, it's a fabulous class. I'm super pleased with it. All my kids have actually done it over the last, um, gosh, five, six, seven years. And so I, it's just one of those things that I'm really lucky that we have locally. So piggybacking on our love of nature, we're excited to be using science through nature this year. 
Be a Naturalist. And this is written by Jennifer Watts and co-authored by Leah Adams. And these are two homeschool moms. Now, I am loving this guide. It is a great resource. I found it on Instagram and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy I, I found this. So I'll be upfront. It is definitely geared towards second through fifth grade. And that, that's what they list on their site. But just like anything else that a homeschool mom especially has designed, you can certainly use it for a little bit older or even a little bit younger. There's always adaptations. And I'm finding that using it for sixth grade is totally fine. Like I could see this even be using used for seventh with a little tweaking easily. But so I would even change what they said even for second through sixth grade. Or maybe that's just because I have such a science loving kid. I, I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's definitely geared towards, um, I would say upper elementary. It has a, it's a guide. It's a guidebook. It is, um, let me look, I have it right here. Let me see how many pages does it have? A lot. Um, like a hundred and like almost 200 pages. So it's a really big guide. I had mine printed. It is a PDF kind of thing. I had mine printed, which is, I'm so glad I did because it's beautiful. I got it printed in color and it is, I just love it. It's a guide. It has a variety of exercises of things, obviously outdoors. It has little um, nature challenges. It also gives different highlights of different naturalists like Anna Comstock um, it has books that they recommend. And the nice thing is, is when they do list out books, they list out different ages. So like they'll list out some books for a certain lesson that you can check out from the library or whatever. And, you know, some of them will say ages, you know, five to eight and others say ages eight to 12. So that's really nice that you can kind of gauge what book, what might be best for you. And they definitely will give, um, other kinds of, resources as well. And so I definitely, I will obviously put links to all of this, but in the show notes, but definitely check into their website to see a little bit more of that program and definitely look on Instagram because they post a lot of things on Instagram. And this is a great resource too that they provide. They provide a free monthly like nature challenge. I'm not sure if I'm calling it right, but it's a free monthly nature challenge. I know they uh, share that on Facebook. So definitely look at that. So then you can kind of get a better sense of the program. And I do think if you're listening right now um, in September of 2020, they are having a sale on on it. I don't know how long that sale goes, but they're having a sale on their curriculum. So um, maybe more information is on their website on that. Okay, so let me move on to the last thing we're doing. Um, Yes, we're doing one more thing. And so the last thing we're doing for science, just because, like I said, my daughter loves science, is we are using Generation Genius. This is another online program. We are loving this. If you've used Mystery Science before, it's similar to that, but I think they took it to the next level because we did love Mystery Science in the past. But GenerationGenius.com, it is fabulous. It has a 15-minute-ish video on whatever the concept they're talking about. And by the way, this is broke down into like three levels. So they have like, oh, I'm going to blank now. I think it's like K through two and then like three through five and then six through eight. They just added eight grades six through eight this year, which I'm thrilled about. So so they're broke down. The topics are broke down by those age levels. So there's a 15-minute video with um, the concept and it has all kinds of 
you know, information about whatever it is, a presentation, there's an experiment or some kind of observation that they do. There's a list of discussion questions that you can talk about, obviously, with if you have like a co-op or a class or just your kids. There are There's a vocabulary word list, there's lesson plans, there's further reading. And the nice thing about the further reading is that there is a read aloud option that you can um, hit the button so it reads to you, which I always think is great when you have kids that are struggling readers. So that I love that option that they did that. That's huge for me. And then the, if you need a worksheet for, for some reason, like for an assessment for wherever you live, they do have like a little quiz or a worksheet that you can um, print out or you can do it online. And I really like that because we need that for our charter school. And then there's also like a do-it-yourself activity with instructions for each lesson as well, like an experiment. And it'll list out like the supplies you need and there's a video to go along with it of what you what to do. And these videos are really engaging. They're really fun. They really, they teach a lot of skills in a small package, I guess you could say. So we really are really enjoying that and recommend that. Now, when I wrote all of this up, it was like, wow, that seems like a lot for a relaxed homeschooler. But honestly, it just doesn't seem like a lot because we don't do everything every day. We try to sit down, you know, I would say four days a week, we sit down for like a good solid two hours, Monday through Thursday, and we get work done um, with, you know, basically the math and science and maybe the social studies, things like that. But we, and we obviously do additional reading and things like that in the outside classes at other times. But we really don't, I guess I don't feel like it's too much. I don't feel like it's too crowded. I don't feel like it's over like over scheduled at all like even for science we're not doing all the science um all the time we're actually doing a block schedule for science this year because i when i tried to combine kind of the generation genius and the other class that we were doing and the science through nature curriculum it was too much to do at once so we're actually alternating months so one month we're doing like generation genius and then the next month we're focusing on the be a naturalist the science through nature program, which so far I can see that working out because we just finished our month with Generation Genius and we're just starting up the Be a Naturalist program. So there's definitely, you know, ways to work around your schedule so that it doesn't feel too crammed, too school at home-ish. So that is what we're using. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out and you can ask me on the Facebook page or Instagram or wherever you might want to find me. Um, I do encourage you to check me out on Instagram. If you have not, I'm at Latte Books to Read, which I will put a link in the show notes. I love to share lots of different books, especially I've been sharing more middle grade books, as well as just other things that we've been using and kind of snapshots from our nature walks or just our daily homeschool life. So that is what I've got today. I hope maybe that gave you a few ideas or just is kind of fun to see what other people are doing in their homeschool life. I will definitely talk about my our high school schedule and in another episode for my son, which frankly isn't as exciting because I, I have less to do with it since I outsourced more things for him. But I will share that in another episode. I just want to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so you know when a next episode is released. And if you have just a moment and you enjoyed the podcast, please leave me a positive review 
at whatever podcast source you are listening. I would greatly appreciate it. And please check me out on Facebook where I definitely post links and different relevant information for homeschooling. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.